on Halftime, the world game with Carlos Alberto Diego from Fordiegos.com. For auction your car, car auction this Saturday. And I believe we've got him today on the very of the very fastest trains over there in Japan. Carlos Alberto Diego, come in, you super fast machine. Oh, there they half. Uh, yes, we're in a very, very fast train between the Osaka and Tokyo at the moment uh, in the aftermath of the game last night. And uh, it's very, very fast, but I'm not. it's very, very efficient, but I'm not sure whether we were so efficient last night ourselves. Just give me some speed sort of numbers you got going there in the very fast train, Carlos. How fast are we going? Uh, listen, mate, I, I used to be very impressed with the way I used to drive my little, uh, you know, my little, little Subaru around Melbourne, but this uh, <laughs> really... Does, uh, does surpass that, so I'm not quite sure, but I suppose people out, listeners out there can Google uh, the very, very fast Tokyo train and get some numbers, but it's very fast, put it that way. Well, I'm going to get R&D onto that as soon as I can, Carlos. You, you <laughs> mentioned that may not have been as uh, fast and efficient as, oh, so the, sorry, the Socceroos may not have been as fast and efficient as your train this afternoon. What did you make? Just give us a quick summary. We're going to go into detail clearly with the game last night against Japan. 2-1 losers there in uh, in Osaka. What did you make of the game as a summary? Yeah, well, you know, look, overall for me it was disappointing. Uh, I just felt that uh, when the heat was put on the game in that second half, after having a pretty, you know, solid first half and probably had better than the first half, uh, the way we uh, went about in that second half, it just, you know, we just didn't uh, cut it uh, by way of, uh, you know, keeping our shape when the intensity was really put on. And that was a disappointing part of it. Uh, I know there'll be a positive spin, and I know we've got to keep our heads here. There's no need to panic right now. But really, that was our last game before the Asian Cup, so there's a lot of work to do still. Heard um, Ange Postacoglu say after the game, Carlos, that uh, set-piece defending is still an issue for the Socceroos. And, and from, gee, I reckon in the last five years, it's been probably the, the key issue for the Socceroos, but it doesn't seem to be having too much um, rectified of recent times. Yeah, no, it was a real worry last night, the way, uh, you know, when the, when the intensity was really upped by the Japanese team in that second half, uh, the boys' inability to keep their shape, they just were really... Uh, you know, thrown around uh, by way of their positioning. Uh, we saw often at the far post, no one was anywhere near the opposition. And, you know, that really is a structural issue. And it's a confidence issue in each other and, and how to defend collectively. And, uh, and there's a hell of a lot of work to do in that area. But the disappointing thing is we've seen goals uh, conceded that way uh, really since the World Cup and, uh, and, and under Ange Postacoglu. So, He's uh, ultimately responsible to fix this, and I'm not sure how much work they're doing on it, but they're certainly, you know, uh, when, when the heat is in, on, on the game, uh, you can see that the, the shape of the team really go out the window, and, and it's almost uh, isolated defending, and uh, very, very disappointing the way we conceded those, you know, that, that goal, and, and there were a couple of others that could have been conceded if the Japanese were a little bit sharper. Philosophically, Carlos, where do you sit on, on which end of the ground is most important to get right first? Is it the back half or is it the front half? Yeah, it's, it's, I've got to say, I've had a few debates about this uh, over the last couple of days with some of the uh, some of the football people I've run into from Australia here, and uh, and you know uh, the traditional thing for us uh, is to is to build from the back and, and make sure your back line is, is solid, and, and then you know you're, you're working with your midfield and you make sure that defensively the whole team can defend uh, collectively and also can attack collectively and. 
And so a lot of the club coaches out there will say, no, you work from the back and you make sure that's right first and then you build forward from there. But, uh, you know, Ange Postacoglu has shown us that his form of defence is keeping possession of the ball. That, that's what he did with Brisbane Raw. If the opposition don't have the ball, suddenly, you know, you don't need to defend as such. You know, you, you kill them with the ball at your feet. And, and obviously that's what he's focusing on in this time he's got with this team. But, you know, if you're giving away the ball or you're, you're turning over, turn over the ball cheaply, what actually happens is that uh, suddenly you're, you're backtracking and you're not defending in transition well enough, and that's what that's what's been happening. So that's why we, you know, we concede those cheap goals at different times, and we've done so a, a fair bit in, in these friendlies. So again, you know, it's really testing the courage of Ange. We talked about that yesterday. It's really testing the the faith he has in his own system, but he's a very stubborn operator, and uh, and he's really, you know, he, he's going to do it his way, and. Uh, and, you know, I think eventually he'll achieve that, but whether he's got the time to achieve, that's another thing. The um, the boys on, on Fox Sports, I was watching the game last night, Carlos, uh, at halftime they've they've come back to the uh, to the studio with all the panel and they were that pleased with how things had gone. Um, it was a really impressive first half performance from the, the Australians. They dominated possession. They were able to retain the ball as well, as you talked about with Ange and killing the ball at the feet. There looked to be a, a lot of opportunities um, going forward from the Socceroos and the way we played seemed to be miles above where we've been of recent times. Was there, is that the building block that Ange takes from here, do you think? Absolutely. That, that's what he. That's the template for him, uh, and it was working really well while a strangely uncertain Japan was uh, trying to find their feet. I, I was really surprised, and in fact, I, I was turning to people who, who were sitting with me saying that this is a very, very poor Japan side in that first half. They really gave uh, Australia a lot of uh, possession, a lot of cheap possession, they, they really didn't pressure the ball, and it made us look really, really good. Even in that period, though, half, we didn't, we didn't really create a lot of chances, and that's the other problem. Yep. I mean, uh, it's one thing having the ball, and it's one thing sort of carving up the opposition, but if you're not, you know, testing the goalkeeper, uh, you're not going to win games. And uh, that was, I just felt in that first half that with Japan not up to, their, up to their best, up to the level that they would like to be, we really needed to really get some something on the scoreboard and, and it, you know, we've had some half chances and, uh, and you know, Matthew Leckie had a nice header that was uh, saved well and there was one or two other half chances but we really didn't look like punishing them and I think, you know, scoreboard pressures everything too and I know uh, Andrew's obviously concentrating on, on, on the possession play and the strategy in that respect but, you know, without really uh, testing your goalkeepers, you're not going to worry too many teams. No, and that's right. That's been the talking point since, uh, Carlos. Uh, Timmy Cowell came on about the 71st or 72nd minute mark, I think it was, from, from memory last night. And, and it seemed, again, to be falling on his shoulders, or more importantly, his head, uh, to get any sort of scoring for the Socceroos. And that's been the big talking point over here is what happens after Timmy goes? You well, know, I actually uh, I had the opportunity to meet Timmy after the game last night. And, uh, you know, I've just got to see his attitude is such a fantastic attitude. He's such a legend and a freak of the game. And uh, and just talking to him last night after the game at the hotel, you know, I don't think he's got any intention of retiring after the Asian Cup. He is loving his football at the moment. Yes, he's very disappointed with the result, but he's got a lot of faith in these young boys. He's got a, faith, he's got a lot of faith in what the Cogloo's trying to achieve. You know, I, I just think he, he's, his attitude is the attitude of a mid-20-year-old at the moment. So people are worried about him retiring. 
you know, after the chatting to him last night, I, I don't think he's got any attention. And I know that's not really answering your question, uh, but it does buy us a little time. And what I felt when he did come on last night, not only did he score that terrific goal, but uh, I just felt guys like Matthew Lecky and a few other of the young guys who probably were sort of moping around a little bit in that second half, they, they lifted with him there. So we probably need him a little bit longer in this squad, even if he's not producing, you know, later on down the track after the Asian Cup. We probably need him a bit longer just so these kids can learn what the right attitude is. There have been some question marks about the hunger of some of the young boys uh, in this week that I've been here. Really? Uh, and I'm talking about, yeah, oh, yeah. No, there's been a, a fair bit of talk about, you know, uh, are the boys hungry? It was the pinnacle taken things for granted. And uh, Ange intimated this in a quote he had during the week, saying, you know, some of the boys probably have been brought into the squad a little bit sooner than what they sort of deserve to. And so I think there's a question mark a little bit, and maybe the heat will be put on some of these young guys. And having guys like Tim Cale and Mark Bresciano around will help them transition through that. So, um, yeah, it's so, so important. And, uh, and really, you know, I actually asked him the question last night, uh, about how he finds so much space in the box against defenders who are looking for him and, and, and really focusing on him. And he's been doing it year in, year out. And he wouldn't give me the secret, unfortunately, but uh, but he just he does it all the time. And again, he did it last night. And uh, don't be surprised if he goes on for a lot longer than what people are expecting him to. Well, that's all very well and good. And as you say, it's uh, he's terrific and he, he gets the job done all the time. And hopefully he, he shares that secret with some of the other boys in the squad. I'm, I'm staggered at um, at that comment from you, Carlos, that there's a hunger, there's an alleged hunger issue with some of these guys. Building up to an Asian Cup, coming off a World Cup and the opportunities that will present for all our national league legal level footballers in the years to come, particularly of their age demographic, yeah. I'm staggered by that. Yeah, yeah, perhaps though, uh, you know, perhaps the, the heat of an Asian Cup, the intensity at home, uh, it's like the World Cup, the boys really lifted to another level, uh, you know, compared to their, their level of experience. And we saw some really good performances from the younger guys and everyone lifted as, as a collective. It, they've had a long road since then, you know, with these away games and they haven't played at home. They've played in difficult conditions. And maybe in, in, in some of the minds, it's, it's sort of this never-ending exhibition-type program that they're in. And last night in that second half, I was really surprised, you know, being at the stadium and not too far from the ground at the lack of intensity in that second half at times by the Australians. And, uh, and I, you know, on the, on the train back to the hotel, I just kept on thinking and, and having a discussion with a couple of people that it, it, it will raise, it automatically and naturally raise when the Asian Cup kicks off. I think in that first game in front of many, many, you know, big, big uh, Australian crowd with a lead up at the point we wanted to, you know, the game's being meaningful. I think uh, you'll see a different attitude. But, uh, but there, yeah, there, there are some question marks about that. And, um, you know, how serious that is, I'm not sure. But mm. uh, I did see a, a lack of intensity at times for some of our uh, uh, sort of so called. Uh, next generation, which was a bit of a worry at times last night. That is a bit of a concern, Carlos, I reckon. Uh, I am intrigued by that no end, but we will move on after the break. If you just joined us, Carlos Alberto Diego is with us at 22 past one on a Wednesday afternoon. He's on the very, 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 very fast train in Japan. Somebody's telling me off the SMS, Carlos, that you're going about 500 k's an hour. And someone also says you shouldn't be talking on the train on the Shinkansen. But I think, yeah, the message you gave me yesterday... 
Is he still there at the moment? We'll have to get him back. Um, he's actually between carriages. That's what he was going to do. So we'll find out uh, throughout the afternoon. Carlos, we'll be back. We've got him up on the line. R&D, we've got him ready to rock and roll again after the break. Stick around on halftime. Coming up 26 past one on halftime. You were talking about Japan, Carlos, and, and their, um, their nervousness, I suppose, in the, in the first half against us, and they were uncertain about what was going on and how we were playing and how to counteract that. They came out in the second half, Carlos, and this is one thing I was thinking at the time watching it last night, that they just kicked a couple of gears. And, and I, I'm not sure that we have the capabilities at this stage of our evolution of, of this squad or certainly this build-up to the Asian Cup. I'm not sure we have any gears, Carlos. Is that a concern? Yeah, I think the gears come when you have an experienced team. And as I said to you yesterday, the uh, this Jap- uh, the other day, the, uh, this Japanese uh, team uh, has really recalled a couple of its legends to the, back to the squad. Uh, players that they were going to move on and transition through. So um, I think you, you have those gears and you can move into those gears once you know the game really, really well. And these guys, these young guys, uh, are playing on enthusiasm. They're playing on, uh, on you know, uh, you know, on what's in front of them then and there. So I don't think they know how to move through the gears yet. Uh, I, I, I'm really hoping, and look, I've got to cling to this, I suppose. I'm really hoping that the that the excitement and the enthusiasm around an Asian Cup and you know, home soil, the expectation to do well, um, will we'll get similar results to what we got at the World Cup. So. Yeah, I, I don't, we don't have the gears yet half, or we don't know how to move through the gears, but I think maybe the youthful exuberance of, of being in a world in an Asian Cup, like with the World Cup, might uh, be able to solve the problem. Uh, the other thing about gears, Carlos, is it's nice to have them to be able to use them, but you've got to be able to learn to defend against them as well. And, and again, uh, it's, it's happened in the Asian yeah. Champions League and, and in the match again last night against Japan for the Socceroos at international level, that once the other team starts to ramp it up, we haven't got any answers. Absolutely, and, and that's the most disappointing thing for me. Uh, we we just cannot. You know, we we go to water as uh, soon as you know good teams start really putting the heat on, and uh, that was for me. The first half really wasn't you know being in the stadium again last night, and the boys played really well. But the Japanese were gave us a heap of room all around the park, and it, they really. Of course, we didn't just keep it, but you know that's the way the game panned out. But uh, the minute you know in the second half they started really pressing high, started the real really pressing pressure, pressure the ball. That's when we really couldn't cope, and and the whole playing out the back fell apart. Uh, when they got in the wide area, suddenly our our defenders, especially no way fullback, just didn't get into the right position, didn't have back to goal, and suddenly didn't know what was going on behind him. And suddenly, you know, we were all drawn to the ball. It was almost like schoolboy football at times, and uh, and that was hugely disappointing. And and that's a that's a real problem that Andrew's got to fix. I know, you know, you can have a philosophy of hanging onto the ball, and that's your form of defence. But when you don't have the ball, you've structured up, and you know, teams put pressure on you around and. Carlos, having some uh, issues there. It's all right. We've, we've got you back here now. But just on just on the squad last night, Carlos, from the Socceroos' point of view, I mean, we saw Ivar um, uh, Franich get back in there. We had uh, Robbie Cruz back in there. What did you make of those two performances last night? Yeah, uh, look, Ivan Franich, uh, we took him at his best, you know, getting forward and, and crossing the ball and, uh, and, uh, and he's, you know, quite a decent defender when he's on song, but he's uh, come back from a long layoff with injury, and I'm not sure whether he's playing with that confidence that we know that uh, he had, especially with Brisbane Raw, mm. and at times at the World Cup before he got injured. 
uh, for me, he was a bit of a disappointment last night. But uh, but really, you know, last night was all about throwing in guys who might not be 100% ready, but uh, but they need to, you know, fast-track these guys. And I think he needed that game. Uh, but really, he wasn't at his best last night. But I, but I think he's, he's, a, he's a guy that you should include in the, uh, in the Asian Cup squad. And with more games under his belt at club level, you'll see a better performance from Ivan, that's for sure. And, and Robbie Cruz, I think the boys are talking this morning, he's only played 24 minutes or so wherever he's been playing of recent time. So he hasn't had a lot of game time. What would you make of his comeback to international level? Yeah, it's hard to judge with Robbie because, you know, sometimes his body language just sort of indicates that he's not interested or he's just, you know, he's down on himself and uh, and he just can't get out of that rut. But, you know, he's a guy that probably needs a lot of game time. He needs to be feeling good about himself the whole time. And I'm not sure whether he's at that stage of his, of his playing at the moment with his club. So he certainly had a bit more experience and he can lead the line in that, uh, in that front third. So... You've got to stick by him, but geez, you know, at times, you know, the body language and, and sort of the vibe you get from him is like he's either not interested or he's uh, just down on himself so much that he's not going to offer much to the team. So that's another thing to work on, that's for sure. Uh, Massimo Luongo continues to impress me, Carlos. Just a young man finding his way at uh, in his professional career and at international level as well. But every time he gets the ball, um, from my when I, when I see him play, he uh, goes pretty well. Geez, he looks a good player, doesn't he, Half, Especially in that first half when we had a fair bit of the ball and I couldn't, you know, when I was going to be a bit excited in that first half the way we were playing and, and I just kept on thinking, uh, you know, imagine, you know, if we ever get Tommy Rogic right and we have a Rogic and Luongo in the middle of that park, suddenly we've got some really creative types who can move well on the ball, you know, uh, interchange of passing, speed. I mean, they've got a bit of everything. Uh, for me, Luongo will go to the next level when he... You know, he finds a club you know, either in the championship or in the EPL. I mean, he's doing very well at Swindon Town. They've given they've given him permanent football and, and uh, regular football. But I think if he's really going to be a an influential player for the Socceroos over the next ten years, for us, he needs to play at a high level. He's got the ability to do that. He's only a young player, uh, very creative, and geez, he moves well on the ball. I really like the the, the whole feel of the play. He's got that Tommy Rogic sort of uh, stride on him, and, and the way he looks with the ball at his feet. Uh, but again, you know, we just need to we just need to be a team that scores goals and, and really dominate teams for, to see the best of him. Because if we're going to be pressed back all the time and the opposition have the ball, he's, no, he's really not going to offer much to us. Well, we'd like to get a few more goals in the back of the net. Absolutely, Carlos. It seems to be an issue, unless, of course, your name is Tim Kale. We'll come back after the break. Stay with us. A very fast-trained Carlos is with us from Japan, from Osaka to Tokyo. He's doing his best to keep quiet. <laughs> on the train, which is polite and etiquette over there. But he'll join us for a bit more of a recap on last night's performance for the Socceroos and also a bit of a forecast for this weekend's A-League action coming up as well. It's a busy time on halftime. Carlos doing a hell of a job from Japan. Back shortly. 22-2 on halftime. Talking the world game with Carlos Alberto Diego on the very, very fast train over there in Japan from Osaka to Tokyo. Reliving last night's match with the Australians and Japan. Before the break, we were talking about how difficult it has been to um, to score. Our ultimate uh, front three, Carlos, seemed to be three up front yesterday for Anja. Who is it? I mean, we had Leckie, Cruz and, and Troisi in those roles last night. Who uh, Who is the ultimate three? Oh, look, you know... <laughs> At this point in time, I know that we're trying to, you know, look for Plan B when Timmy goes and so forth. But he's he's the number one striker. We cannot, we just cannot do without him. And it's not only the goals that he scores, but just the influence he has on the players around him. 
he was really up and about when he came on last night, and you can see, you know, there was a little bit of a spring in the step for uh, for a lot of the uh, the players around him, especially the younger guys. So we, he's got we've got to have him there. I know we we need uh, alternatives, but we, you know, at, the, at this point in time, we've just got to have him up there. Uh, and really, I want I want Lecky and, and Cruz to fight it out amongst themselves because you know these guys need some competition for spots, and they can't feel comfortable. And maybe that's a little bit of that of the hunger issue I was talking about later on, uh, earlier on. And uh, this is where um, where I think Ange has got to be really clever with uh, you know putting the heat on those guys. Uh, it's not it's not good enough just to mope through any parts of games. And I, at times, it just seems like they that like that they they. they, they that their body language shows that, and uh, and it just really frustrates me. But you know, and, and by the way, I'm not saying that their attitude's poor. It's just at times they 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 should be a little bit more uh, effusive about how they go about it. And, and sometimes they might be feeling a bit comfortable at times. Uh, so having a few more com- uh, a bit more competition for places would be uh, would be best for the team. All right, Carlos, every time we talk about the Socceroos, there's always a, um, a discussion about the goalkeeper and who it should be. Matty Ryan has uh, seemingly got that position at the moment. What did you make of his performance last night? It was terrific. I just thought he was great with ball at his feet. Generally, he found his man, but geez, his shot stopping was terrific. A couple of reflex saves. Uh, just looked really comfortable. He couldn't do much about the goals. That was just poor defending. So, no, Matty's uh, very comfortable there. And I think the calls by Fozza to have Ante Kovic included at the expense of maybe Mitch Langerak. I think that's ridiculous. So, you know, you, you've just got to go with these guys. Uh, they're our future. And Matty's done, you know, you, you know, you can only do as well as you can in every game. And he, and he was very, very good last night. If we are looking at this fixture, Carlos, last night as a as an eye to the Asian Cup coming up in the new year, um, and we know that Japan's going to be one of, if not the most challenging opponent, uh, should Australia see them uh, on the on the rotation or in the finals, um, where, where does it leave us, Carlos? I mean, how big a, an impact can that game have on us going forward from Ange Postacoglu? Clearly, he didn't play his best eleven out there. Clearly, he was trying a few things. Where does it where does it put us? The Asian Cup's got to be really different, half, and this is where we've got to, you know, we've always got to hold our nerve here a little bit. I'm disappointed with last night. I'm disappointed that we fell apart when the, you know, the game was hot. Uh, but, you know, I've, you've got to take a step back and look and take things in perspective. And the Asian Cup will be a completely different kettle of fish for our players. Uh, it's a meaningful competition. They're playing at home. We'll have our best 11 playing. Uh, and I'm not saying that they're going to be really well prepared because there's not going to be a lot of time before that first game where all of them are coming together. But they'll be our best eleven, and we'll be, you know, we'll have, you know, we'll have had them for, you know, the World Cup for six months more. Um, that's when I'll judge them. And in that respect, last night's game really, again, is one of those ones where we've got to forget about almost. Uh, it's not going to be easy for people to forget about because at times we were very poor, uh, but at times we were very good. So, you know, um, yeah, it's one of those ones we've got to hold our nerve and put things in perspective. The Asian Cup is where we'll see uh, what we really have, and I'm willing to wait for that. Can we, is there any way we can naturalise someone like Shinji Okazaki? Because that back here was pretty, pretty <laughs> bloody good, Carlos. Yeah, it was, it was a great goal. But, you know, again, the disappointing part of that was the way uh, the uh, the Japanese winger got through and just nutmegged uh, Alex Wilkinson. He, he just really made him look foolish. And uh, that's where the problem happened. It wasn't so much the guy who was marking Okazaki, but uh, 
But it was a terrific finish, and that's the class that uh, hopefully one of our players, like a Lecky or a Cruz, will be able to deliver in years to come. But uh, again, the problem was out wide. You know, two defenders on one attacker, and they, and he still got through, and he and he just uh, was able to deliver the ball where he wanted to. And in the end, it was a great goal. It was a great goal, and it was an impressive second-half performance from Japan. The Blue Samurai 2-1 over the Socceroos last night, and that is uh, the last international. Was it the last international before the Asian Cup for the Socceroos, or is there a practice game before uh, the Asian no, Cup? No, 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 it's just it's back in camp. Uh, I think they come into camp on December the 29th, uh, so it's before New Year's, so they can't cut loose while they're in camp. And uh, But some players, especially the players from Europe, there's some talk that they'll only come in three days before the first game because... It's a quite a heavy period in the EPL, for example. Miller, you know, that can be affected. We're not going to have a lot of time uh, before the actual first game. So, uh, let's hope it's not going to count against us. Uh, and you'll have, obviously, the full squad in camp, and they'll play 11 versus 11. But maybe that's enough for him, rather than playing just uh, substandard teams and going through the motions there. All right there, Carlos, what I'll get you to do is step to the left because we're having some uh, telecommunication issues. I know you're on a train, but uh, let's make sure we can get this through. See this hour through. You've been very good so far. We'll take a break while you do that and come back and uh, move, probably move on and talk some A-League in the build-up to round seven. Enrique's goal side, and they're in front the Brisbane Roar. Picks up the scraps again, trying to wriggle his way through. Steve Lustiger, what a goal from Brisbane. Puts it down in front of Enrique, who can run at Regan, who's on a yellow card. Enrique! Oh boy, Brisbane! Enrique on a hat-trick, gets it from Katishi. Enrique placing it, and there is the hat-trick. He's got blinding speed, Roy Krishna. Bonavazia, Bonavazia, Bonavazia scored! Corner swung in, bent in. The header, the goal from Adelaide. Another good delivery, looking for Mullen. Out comes Moss, and it's in from Adelaide United. They've broken the hearts of Wellington Phoenix. Which goes deep this time, and here And Dino Jovic! It is Scott Jamison! Oh! A teammate, but he goes that option, and the flick-on gives them a chance, and the ball is in for the Wanderers. Cross from Ramsey, there's the opening goal! It's Trafiro, it's a beautiful goal! Trafiro tees it back, Hutchinson to pass! John Hutchinson with the last kick of the game! Unbelievable! All right, Carlos, we'll leave that uh, the Socceroos for alone a little bit. We'll just get you to have a bit of a look at and forecast for Round 7 of the Hyundai A-League uh, because it's, there's plenty going on. We've got the, um, the Wanderers playing tonight, one of their make-up games against Central Coast. I mean, how hard is this going to be for the Wanderers to back up? Oh, they just have to, don't they? I mean, they're on the bottom of the ladder and they've got to start picking themselves up. They've certainly got enough quality in that squad to, to make up the difference uh, after a slow start in the A-League, but geez, you know, Central Coast, they would have had a, you know, I didn't see the game, obviously, because I'm in Japan, but the fact that the, the Johnny Hutchinson, off the non-preferred uh, from distance, uh, getting the equaliser at the death on the weekend against Melbourne City, they're going to be pretty excited about all that, so there's no guarantees for West Sydney Wanderers, I think everyone lifts against them, so yeah, um, I think they'll get the points because they need to, but Central Coast won't be easy tonight. You'll be back in town for Friday night. Victory take on the Roar at Etihad Stadium, Carlos. Big game this one after the Brisbane's big win, their first win of the year last week. Yes, certainly. But I just think Melbourne victory, you know, even without you know their top players, they're a team that uh, I think they're really well coached. I think they've shown that even with the international you know, absentees at different times. 
And you know, Brisbane are just not consistent enough. So I think Melbourne victory for sure. Perth Glory host Wellington. Perth just going gangbusters this year so far, Carlos. Atop the table. Yes, look, I think Perth will, will win this game, even though Wellington's been really plucky uh, this season so far. But uh, Perth's got a little bit of momentum going, so I'll go for them. Well, the West Sydney Wanderers have to back up on Saturday night to take on Newcastle. It's probably not the the worst result when you're tackling Newcastle at the moment. They seem to be struggling big time. Yeah, look, I suppose pre-season predictions about Newcastle are coming true. You know, every now and again they'll have a good performance, but they just don't have the depth. Or, and with the rookie coach and Phil Stubbins, I think they're struggling. There's talk about Nathan Tinkler and his financial issues. It's just not a club that people want to be at at the moment, I suppose. But uh, West Indian Wanderers, you know, if they get the points tonight and get the points on Saturday, suddenly they're in the mix again. So it's really important to them. And, uh, and I'd go for West Sydney Wanderers. Melbourne City and their heartbroken fans have to back up this week at Amy Park to take on Sydney FC. It's another very, very important game. Can they topple Sydney FC, Carlos? I, I think they can. Uh, they've got the quality, but just you know, they just can't finish games, can they? I mean, just, you know, this is not just a one-week uh, disappointment. This is an 18-month disappointment. But they keep on you know, performing the same way. And, uh, and not getting the points. It's just uh, really, really frustrating. You know, it's coach-killing stuff, huh? And uh, <laughs> for John Van Skiff, uh, you know, these guys have got to finish off games and, and be more professional about it. Uh, players have got to take responsibility. There's nothing more that John Van Skiff can do. And, again, I didn't see the game on the weekend, but conceding that goal late, after being 2-0 up and conceding the two goals, you know, that's, uh, that's suicidal. That's uh, nightmare stuff, absolutely. But, yeah, and I just think, you know, this is a game with they've had so many grand finals and six-pointers. Uh, this is just another one. and But I just think they've got the quality to do it. All right, and the last game of the round will be Central Coast, who host Adelaide United. Adelaide going very well. Central Coast will be wrapped with their performance to get the point last week. But will it be good enough against the second team on the table? No way. Adelaide, for me, the best side in the competition. They play the best football. Uh, you know, it's very hard to come back the way they play. Just... You know, they really do adapt to whatever the situation in the game is, and they've got such skillful players. Uh, I'm really loving Adelaide United, and there's no way Central Coast Mariners will beat them, even if, uh, even if it's at home. Oh, well, Carlos, it's been a comprehensive review of last night and an excellent preview of this weekend coming up in the A-League, and all done on a very, very fast train with, at times, a very, very <laughs> poor telecommunication reception. But uh, we appreciate you making the effort to be available for us, mate, we look forward to seeing you in the studio next week. Thanks, Harp. Much appreciated, mate. Carlos Alberto Diego live on the very fast train from Osaka to Tokyo. What a man he is.